You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts to uh, show us a little support, which we always thank you for and we always appreciate. All right, Giants fans, today I have for you a really interesting interview, what I hope you'll find to be a really interesting interview with Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott, a young man who could be on the Giants' radar on day two of the upcoming 2023 NFL Draft if the Giants choose uh, to go elsewhere at 25 in round one and, and wait to, to supplement their wide receiver core on the second day of the draft or maybe early on the third day of the draft. Scott, of course, is a... Uh, a speedster from Cincinnati who uh, has been drawing raves uh, throughout the, the draft process and, and could be a player that the Giants look to as they continue to try to uh, add explosive playmaking weapons around quarterback Daniel Jones. But before we get to that interview, have uh, a few thoughts on some of the news going on with the uh, with the Giants so over the past few days. On Tuesday, we found out that the Giants are signing uh, a veteran defensive back, Bobby McCain, most recently with the Washington Commanders. McCain will be getting a one-year deal uh, basically to replace Giants uh, former Giants safety Julian Love, who signed with the Seattle Seahawks in free agency. And uh, I know that uh, Giants fans are are still upset about losing Julian Love to Seattle, still wondering why the Giants didn't bring him back. And, and listen, you know, what I have said and, and, and what I have believed the entire offseason is that Giants general manager Joe Shane pretty much telegraphed the fact that that one of the positions where he might be looking to uh, to save money this offseason was at safety. There was a report from uh, Pat Leonard of the Daily News that there was a persistent disconnect between Love and the Giants throughout the free agency process. And what I have said and what I simply believe when it comes to Julian Love is that Julian Love is a nice player. The mid-round pick by Dave Gettleman a few years back finally got a chance to, to fully show what he could do in 2022 and had a nice season. 
No doubt about that. He was a captain, key defensive player, key special teams player, a guy who uh, was really good to have in the locker room, did a nice job for the Giants on the field. The reality of it was that I think the disconnect was in the way that Julian Love and his camp valued Love's contributions versus what the Giants saw. I think that that Julian Love and his camp thought that that he was worth more, thought that he had more value than Joe Shane and the Giants thought that he had. I always kind of thought that that Shane had been indicating that he might try to save some money in free agency by looking into uh, lower cost free agent safeties. He said multiple times that there was depth in the free agent market at safety, that there was also depth in the draft class. Keep in mind that not only do the Giants have Xavier McKinney at safety, they drafted Dane Belton in the fourth round a year ago, a young player who they like. They brought in Jason Pinnock, a young player who did a really, really nice job for the Giants when Xavier McKinney was out most of the second half of last season after his accident in Cabo. So they have some players who they like. And the reality of it was I simply feel like they didn't see Julian Love the way Julian Love saw his value. And and listen, this is simply what happens sometimes when you get new regimes. It not every single player that was there previously might get let go and not every single one might get let go in the first year. But over time, guys make decisions about players. They move on. They want to structure the roster their way. They want players who they brought in. You know, the reality of it is you know, a guy like Joe Shane, a guy like Brian Dable, their jobs are on the line every single year. Their reputations, their legacies are on the line. As much as they can, they want to live and die with players who they chose. They want to live and die with players they scouted, with players they brought in. They want the roster to be their roster, not the previous general manager's roster. And I know that the signing of Daniel Jones to a long-term contract flies in the face of that. But Joe Shane admitted to me a couple of weeks ago that that he's surprised to be here, but Daniel Jones played well enough in 2022 to force his hand, to force Shane and Brian Dable to change their minds and to move forward with Daniel Jones. But in the case of Julian Love, I just think that this was a case where the Giants really wanted to save some money and they just valued the player differently than the player valued himself. McCain is a nice veteran player, Played for, I believe, five or six years with uh, with the Miami Dolphins. In the last couple of years with the Washington Commanders, was a cornerback at the beginning of his career. Now plays safety. Should be a nice player to add into the mix. Guy who's been durable. Guy who's started almost every game over recent years. I think he's only had one year where he missed significant time with an injury guy who plays almost every snap or has played almost every snap in uh, in recent years durability obviously important so we'll see how it works out 
but the the move to uh, to sign a, a lower cost player th- than Julian Love is one that really the Giants have been telegraphing most of the offseason and now that has come to pass. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the offensive line. Did a feature on Tuesday at Big Blue View on what the plan might or might not be on the offensive line. Please uh, stop by the site and read that if you haven't done that already. But I just wanted to uh, to take a minute and talk about that. I keep hearing you know, some of the, uh, the New York media folks, some folks uh, commenting at Big Blue View, some folks on Twitter, are talking about how the Giants' approach to the offensive line thus far is a little bit of a reminder to the way that Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge approached the offensive line in 2021 when basically Gettleman said that we apparently like the players that we have more than you guys do. The Giants didn't draft anyone to supplement that offensive line that year. They really didn't go out in free agency and add anyone until until it got to training camp when they needed to add, needed to try to find some veteran depth as they had injuries. And we know that, uh, that the plan in 2021 sort of blew up in the Giants' faces. They wanted to go with mostly all guys they had drafted or guys they had drafted and developed. And injuries, poor performance... Uh, probably miscalculating on a couple of their picks, everything that all blew up in uh, in their faces. And I know that people think about that when they look at the Giants so far who have made no moves to add anything to their offensive line, but have lost Nick Gates to the Commanders and John Feliciano to the uh, San Francisco 49ers, both of the guys who might have been looked at as potential starting centers. And, and I, I understand the, uh, the the comparison. I understand the thought process. But let me remind you that there are still five or six weeks until the NFL draft. There are still free agent centers available. I fully expect the Giants to add something in terms of of a center, in terms of a guy who's got some experience playing center, even if it's a a stopgap type player, even if it's a one-year deal. I mean, they were expected to give Feliciano a one-year deal, and I don't know how much money Feliciano got from San Francisco, but you know, perhaps Feliciano just got tired of waiting for the Giants to to get some of the other things done that they needed to get done and, and took an offer that he had in hand to uh, to go to San Francisco and, and and play there, you know, leaves the Giants with a with a need for an experienced center. Ben Bredesen could play there and did play there, just a handful of snaps last last year. Shane Lemieux, who's been injured for the last two years, has dabbled a little bit at center. Might be an option unless the Giants add somebody. But again, I I think you'll see the Giants add a low cost veteran, probably on a one year deal. Maybe as a you know, likely as a as a stopgap, maybe as a guy to begin the season at center. But I fully expect the Giants to to go into the NFL draft and supplement this offensive line in the draft. Fully expect them to draft a center, perhaps really early, perhaps in the first round, where you'll hear names like John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, and perhaps Joe Tipman 
out of uh, out of Wisconsin. Later in the draft, you might hear Steve Avila out of TCU, who could play guard or center. Uh, Luke Whipler out of Ohio State. Uh, several other players in the middle rounds of the draft. Uh, young man from from Michigan, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce here on the show, who could also be a, a mid round option for the Giants at uh, at center. So there are options, there are possibilities. And in terms of looking at this like the uh, the failure of 2021, I'm not willing to go there until after we get through the draft. If the Giants haven't done anything then, if they haven't, if they go through the draft and don't add anything, don't address the offensive line fairly early, don't address the offensive line with a couple of picks. They have 10 picks. You know, then I'll look at it and say, this is a gamble like the one that Gettleman took in 2021. Until then, yes, I understand how it reminds people of that, but I think that it's too early to say that the Giants are are going into 2023 and not doing anything to try to upgrade the interior of their offensive line. There is still plenty of time for them to get that done, and we'll see what happens with that uh, as we go forward here for the next few weeks. All right, let's, uh, let's take a short break for a word from our sponsors, and when we come back, we'll hear the, uh, the interview that I did with Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Giants fans, we know that heading into the 2023 NFL draft, some of the things that the Giants have done in free agency, signing Paris Campbell, re-signing Darius Slayton, trading for uh, tight end Darian, uh, Darren Waller, have maybe pushed wide receiver down the Giants' priority list a little bit, maybe made it a little bit less uh, 
less of a possibility at at 25 in the first round. But that doesn't mean that the Giants won't be in the market for wide receiver help. And, and today I have the opportunity to speak to uh, to a young man who might be a, a day two possibility for the Giants. And uh, I'd like to welcome in uh, Tyler Scott of uh, of Cincinnati right now. Tyler, thank you much for uh, for joining the show. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be on. So uh, tell me, you know, how has this whole draft process been for you, you know, since the end of, of your season with Cincinnati? I know that, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I'm just curious how, how this whole thing has played out for you. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, like, you know, it's honestly just been an honor to be a part um, of something that, you know, from since I was little. You know, you always dream of doing and, you know, being a part of. So, I mean, it's just been an honor just to be able to speak to different teams and, you know, have different conversations and honestly be able to tell your story of how you've got to where you've gotten to. And so, um, you know, I've loved every second of it. Um, I've enjoyed the whole process, training, um, going through all the meetings and things of that nature. So, honestly, it's, it's just been great just speaking to each team. So, you know, we don't have we don't have forever, but why don't you – you kind of quickly tell that story, you know, since how long you've been playing, uh, you know, and uh, and what it is you think that, that got you to this point. Yeah, I mean, so I've been playing football since I was around five, starting flag, and then, um, you know, continued to keep playing, love football, love the game. I ended up going to uh, Northern Ohio, uh, ended up moved there, moving there from Akron, and uh, have been playing, you know, peewee football from there on all the way through middle school and through high school. Um, got to high school and, uh, you know, my junior year, we, um, we got a brand new head coach going into my junior year. Uh, he was 25 at the time, very young, um, not very experienced um, at all. And so, um, you know, ended up playing and staying at Norton my junior year, played, had a great season. And then at the end of the year, um, I hadn't heard back from anybody. And so no colleges hit me up or anything. So I want to say about a month, about a month later, I, um, you know, I went to his office and I said, hey, coach, you know, I just want to be honest and say I, I would love an opportunity to play at the next level. But, um, you know, I haven't heard from anyone. I know I had a good year, but I haven't heard, you know, been uh, been contacted at all. And so he was pretty open and honest with me at the time and said, listen, um, you know, I understand I got something good on my hands, but I'm just not sure where to go and who to call. And so at the time, I just took matters into my own hands. And so I went on. I made my own huddle highlight film and I made my own email and uh, put together, you know, kind of the whole deal. And, um, you know, I had to figure out who to send it to. And so I went online, checked the uh, staff directory staff directory for a couple um, Division One colleges and uh, found that they had a person online called the Player Personnel of High School Relations. And so, um, you know, I figured, you know, this is probably the person I probably need to hit up just to get my foot in the door. And so ended up doing that. And um, I sent I sent this out to probably about fifteen Division One schools. I emailed about fifteen Division One schools, and uh, one school responded. And, and the one school was Rutgers University, and it was a guy named Omar Hales. He he hit me back. He said, "My guy," he said, "Shoot me a text." So I hit him uh, hit him up, texted him. He said, uh, "You know, do you got any offers?" I said, "Not one." He said, "Word." He was like, "Well, I'm about to change that." So next day, I'm in my uh, counselor's office. And getting ready to send my transcripts over to Rutgers, and my head coach walks into the room and says, "Hey Tyler, I'm not sure how they got my number, but Rutgers just called and said that they want to be your first offer, and that they're going to be your first offer, and that they want you on campus ASAP." And so from there, um, everything just kind of snowballed, um, had a snowball effect as far as the schools reaching out, and 
ended up getting a quite a few offers and then um, I ended up choosing to go to Cincinnati. And I'm here today in this position. So, so you didn't say yes to Rutgers right away? I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the, the, the folks in New Jersey are not going to be happy with you for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, so, so so that that's awesome you took that into uh into your own hands and, and and it worked out great for you that's uh that's terrific um so you you ended up with with some offers to choose from uh just out of curiosity what else did you end up with if you yes. if you don't mind sharing yes yeah, so um if i can recall i had so i had them um, had Rutgers, I had Toledo, Akron, Syracuse, Indiana, Michigan State, Ball State, um, Nebraska, um, Cincinnati, obviously. Um, I'm missing a few more off the top of my head. Oh, Iowa State. Um, I think a few more. So, so you end up in Cincinnati, and you end up you know, over three years, you end up in a, in a situation where Cincinnati really sort of jumped into national prominence over that period of time. Just, just what was that? What was that like? I mean, cause they weren't, they weren't, they weren't in that situation when you got there. No, but the crazy thing is, is I, I honestly seen it. Um, seen that process beginning to take place when I was getting recruited which is the reason why I ended up choosing Cincinnati. Um, you know, I remember going to their – my first visit there, going to, um, you know, they had a spring ball practice. And from the first day I was there, I was like, man, this is – it's just different. You know, the, the intensity, the way things ran. Uh, under Fickle, he just had – I mean, he just had things so um, – he just had everyone hungry in that building. You could just tell just the way they went about things, their demeanor. And I found myself – you know, after that, every place I went to, I was just comparing it to Cincinnati and no one reached that level. And so I want to say my senior year, uh, they went on to go, I want to say 17th. They got into like 17th in the nation. So they're starting to crack the top 25. They ended up losing to Memphis, um, who was really good at the time, had some really great players. And, um, you know, but I could just feel it and see it, you know, when I visited. And so um, ended up, you know, going there, we, uh, you know, my freshman year, we go to the Peach Bowl. We're ranked top 10 in the nation my freshman year, face Georgia in the Peach Bowl, and we lose on a walk-off field goal, 51-yard Peach Bowl record walk-off field goal. Um, you know, and then the following year, my sophomore year, I end up starting a receiver and a number of special teams, and then we end up going to the Cotton Bowl facing Alabama. And so, you know, especially that whole um, – especially the, the, the Cotton Bowl year, we ended up making the playoffs – um, you know, it, it was uh, it was different because I want to say, you know, it was a time in the middle of the season we went on like a a little lull, um, and we weren't performing the way that we wanted to perform. And I remember walking in the building during that time, and it felt like we were lo- like we lost. And there were times where Coach Fickle would walk in, and he was like, like, you know, kind of asking us, you know, what, what's wrong with you guys? You know, we just won, and you know, we're all upset because we had such high expectations, aspirations. And at the time, we kind of felt that the committee would judge us differently because we're a group of five team, um, that they would, you know, kind of be a little more harsh, harsher on us than they would in Ohio State or Alabama who had could have a loss or could have a game in there where they struggled against a team. And, you know, so we were just kind of frustrated all throughout the season because we heard so many things from the outside of, you know, Cincinnati needed to win better. Um, you know, we needed to, you know, really be able to, 
put on style points and things of that nature um, just so we could, you know, stay in the running for, you know, the playoffs that year. And the constant message that Coach Fickle kept telling us was just to continue to win. He said, it's a weird year in college football. Teams are losing, and it is hard to win. And he said, just at the end of the day, keep winning. Just keep winning, and everything can take care of itself. And so we ended up doing that. Um, we just kept on winning. Uh, we ended up dominating the back end of the season. We ended up winning the conference championship uh, versus Houston. And then from there on, I want to say um, what was huge for us um, after that on that night um, was Oklahoma versus Baylor. And I want to say uh, that Oklahoma versus Baylor game was, you know, a real true tell if we would really be able to get in because of, you know, uh, I want to say at the time if, if, if Baylor won that game, no, if Oklahoma State won that game, then um, it would have been a good shot for them to get into the top four. They ended up losing uh, that game. We found out during, like, the third quarter um, of our conference championship. And after that, you know, Cincinnati felt like we were on top of the world. Um, after we won the conference championship because we figured that that was kind of our open door to get into the college football playoffs. Nice, nice. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your uh, about your pro prospects here, um, about, you know, the, the way that things have gone for you. I'm curious, I keep hearing when people look at your game and they look at your size and they, and they look at the way that you play, I keep hearing a T.Y. Hilton comparison. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if you've heard it, and I'm wondering what you think of it. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton, he's been doing this a long time. He's, um, you know, been, been in the business for a while. And so um, to have that comparison is good. I've also gotten Tyler Lockett as well. Um, and one thing about those guys that I do notice is just kind of their ability to – their route savvy. Um, and that's kind of what I would like to pride myself on. And one area that I would love to continue to um, really improve my game on is just kind of that that uh, skill to be able to manipulate DBs, which I think T.Y. Hilton and Tyler Lockett do, do very well. Um, just kind of knowing uh, where to be at, uh, where to find the blind spots, um, where to find the soft spots and zones and things of that nature. Um, just knowing how to get open, you know, even with a smaller frame or slimmer frame, they just know how to get open. And, um, you know, where to be and, um, you know, just how to do it. And so, um, you know, those comparisons are, are great. And um, I honestly, you know, feel honored to be in that uh, that realm of, of players. I'm curious. One of the things that that I like to do and, and is is read guys a little bit of a scouting report. You know, everybody, NFL.com, everybody does scouting reports on guys. And one of the sites that, that does these is uh, 33rd Team which has, you know, a lot of former NFL scouts and executives and people like that, you know, working for them. And I'm curious if I can read you just a little snippet of a scouting report from 33rd team. And, and, and there's some, there's some, there's some complimentary things in here and there's some that are, that are, that are less than, than complimentary. I'm just curious what your, what your reaction to, uh, to, to this is uh, 33rd team says, uh, Tyler Scott is a wide receiver with elite level speed that he uses to get over the top of defenses. There are concerns about his hands as they are inconsistent and he can struggle to secure the football. He's a raw route runner who sometimes rounds his cuts. Uh, after the catch, he can run away and separate, but he lacks strength and is not hard to bring to the turf. Uh, the best thing he does is track the deep ball and burst past defenders He'll be picked and play 
largely because of his speed. I'm just curious, as I said, there's there's some really complimentary things in there, and there's a couple of, of things that that are, are maybe knocks on you a little bit. I'm curious what you think of that report. Yeah, I mean, um, I think everyone's going to have their positives, their pros and cons, um, you know, when being evaluated. Um, I haven't met a perfect player yet, um, but, you know, to me, like I said, just improve, just continue to improve in all areas um, of my game, whether that's, you know, the consistent hands or the size or the run after catch. Um, you know, that's just part of my game and just wanting to, you know, always be able to improve that part. And even just my ability to, you know, run routes and be a raw route winner. Um, you know, so for me, you know, I've, that's already been, you know, things that I kind of wanted to improve on in my game. Um you know, but at the end of the day, you know, my job is to, you know, get open, catch the ball and uh, just be a reliable target and do it the best way that I can with the best of my abilities. And, um, you know, honestly, to be good at, you know, what I'm really good at, you know, continue to perfect the, the, the areas and know my strengths. Um, and so uh, for me, you know, always continuing to develop my, my fundamentals and, you know, continuing to show great effort in everything that I do um, at the end of the day will be, you know, my best way to succeed, you know, at the next level. All right, so I have to ask you, you know, everybody talks about your speed, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think it was, you know, former NFL running back Chris Johnson said before the combine that he thought you were going to threaten the combine record for the for the 40, which mm-hmm. I think is 422 or 424 or something like that. Yeah. And you ran you ran 449 and then 444, I think which now that's now that's fast all right that's fast but i'm guessing that you walked away from indianapolis going man i'm faster than that no i mean what what Uh, what did you what did you think yeah no definitely um you know you know the combine is one big show and um you know a lot of that that's usually it's that's tv time so, you know, TV time, you know, over the years have shown to be very fairly inconsistent. Um, you know, so a lot of scouts, they'll just go off of their clocks. They'll, they'll have they'll all have their clocks in the stadium and they'll end up timing you, um, you know, and don't try to they don't go off the TV time um, because the TV time has shown to be very inconsistent and, um, you know, lack a lot of different, um, you know, just uh, have a lot of problems over the years. And so, um, yeah, I mean based off of, I guess, the public view, uh, you know, wasn't very, you know, pleased, you know, as far as what it said on the screen. But, um, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, like, so I'm going to run it again on my pro day. And, um, you know, we'll see what I get there. And your pro day is, uh, is coming up in just a couple days. It's, uh, we're yeah. recording this on, on Monday, the 20th, and your pro day is what, the 23rd? It is the 23rd on Thursday. So, uh, and you said you are going to run that again? I will. We will look. We will definitely look. Uh, look. Look forward to uh, to to what happens there. I'm curious. Um, you know, my site obviously covers the New York Giants, and you know, in, in my open of of my interview, we talked about the Giants and, and, and wide receiver. Are the Giants a team that that you've talked to some throughout the process? Yeah. So um, I actually had a formal interview with them at the uh, combine. So. Um, you know, was able to uh, talk in front of the, you know, Coach Dable, Coach, um, or uh, the GM, and all the coaches, uh, the wide receiver coach. Um, so I actually had a formal interview with all the coaches and staff. So I was able to, uh, you know, kind of be able to talk, you know, talk in front of them. 
And, um, you know, the meeting went really well, really well. Um, really love the staff. Um, they're different. I will say that they're different compared to a lot of different teams um, that I met with just as far as um, just their energy that they bring. Um, you know, their, their meeting was very um, – what's the word I want to use? Um, I wouldn't want to use the word laid back, but their meeting was definitely more um, kind of open, more um, – more free, I guess I could say, um, you know, that I can, you could just tell they kind of really all really gel with each other. You know, they're, they're laughing in there. They were joking around with each other. Um, you know, it's just an interesting, you know, interesting group. And you can tell, you know, Brian Dable really has, you know, changed that culture as far as, you know, what, what that culture is like. And so, um, you know, meeting went really well with them. You know, I really liked them a lot and, uh, and uh, you know, it went great. I have to ask. I mean, I know he wasn't supposed to, but I got to ask you, Dave will have a cigar working. <laughs> he did not. not he did ever. not. He did not. He, he did not. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's probably good for you. I'm sure it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have helped the room very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, if, if you wind up with the giants, I'm sure you'll see Dable with a cigar quite a bit, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm also curious um, you, you, you mentioned special teams. I saw you've got just a little bit of, uh, is it kickoff or punt return experience kickoff from, return. from Cincinnati kickoff return? Yep. Um, yep. is, is that something that, that you'd like to have an opportunity to do at the NFL level? Yeah. I mean, if that calls for it, the team's calls for that, um, yeah, no, definitely. You know, I, like I said, at Cincinnati, I was on kickoff return while rushing the punter. Um, I was on pump block team, came off the edge, and then I was also a gunner as well. And, um, you know, at Cincinnati, we were a top five uh, punt team as far as net, as far as net yardage. Um, the last two years, you know, I was on one of, uh, as a, one of the starters for uh, being a gunner. So you did that all three years? You, you did um, I did teams? that. So I, yeah, I started my sophomore year. So, I, so my sophomore mm-hmm. year is when I really started playing special teams. I was kind of a two my freshman year and then my sophomore year is where I really um, hit the scene, started on three special teams and also started at wide receiver. Nice. Nice. I'm curious, you know, you, you, you played, uh, you had, you got to go to the senior bowl as well. And I did not, not, Oh, I you did not, you didn't, you were invited to the scene. You were invited, but you didn't go. No. So I'm actually a true junior. So I'm actually not okay. go through any um, type of senior bowl or anything like oh, that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, 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 thought you had I thought I had seen you had gone to the senior bowl as well but but yeah so you're so you're what 21 22 21 21 nice so um any oh I did any inkling where you might uh where teams see you in the draft as far as how early how late you might wind up going or is it not something you concern yourself with at this point I'm just curious um, I guess it kind of just depends on who you ask, which team, because each, you know, team has, you know, their own opinion of you. And um, it also depends on, you know, each team's needs at the time. Um, you know, so I honestly don't have a true gauge on, you know, who or where. Um, you know, you can kind of maybe get maybe a little gauge just from, you know, who's contacting you, um, you know, things of that nature. But um, no real inclination as far as the rounds are concerned. Um, and then me personally, um, you know, honestly, just trying to just do my part, you know, as far in the draft process, doing everything right, um, you know, doing what I need to do, test well, interview well, and 
um, you know, hopefully those things take care of themselves. I am curious, though, your former teammate at Cincinnati, Alec Pierce, he went mm-hmm. 53rd to the Colts a, yep. a year ago. Would you like some bragging rights? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, it would be, be, be great to say that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Hey, Tyler, I, I, I appreciate a few minutes. Best of luck to you. And uh, if you land with the Giants, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get a chance to talk to you this summer. So uh, thank you very much. No, for sure. Appreciate it. All right. And Giants fans, that's our show for today. We thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.